0: And welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast on Cop Left. Today, we're going to take a bit of a look back at the result over Stoke, a bit of a look forward to uh, the game the weekend with Manchester City, Quake, and rate the players just for a bit of crack, just for something different. And to join me on this magical odyssey today, uh, we have Dylan Baker in the good old US of A. How are you today, Mr. Baker? Oh, not not too bad.
1: Hard to be... Hard to be upset after a match like that. Uh, I was for the first half hour or so,
0: but uh, ultimately pretty good. Good off day. You were just Did upset you chat with, with you lot. Just upset? Okay, fair enough. No problem. <laughs> uh, second up, we have Dave Dunning in Belfast. Dave, good Christmas. How are you, man? Been a while?
2: Yes, I'm good. Thanks, thanks. Yes, lovely. How are you? Ah, oh, I'm just just the same, Dave. Just the same. Uh, good Christmas? Yes, it was very, very relaxed. Apart from the football, it was very relaxed. Oh, the football good ended up football,
0: indeed. And last but not least, um, and I say last but not least because I spoke to him for about ten hours the other day. <laughs> Ali Thompson, <laughs> how are you? We promised, we'll, we promised, we'll let you off, but really quickly today, Ali. <laughs> Narrow it down slightly. Yeah, I'm good. Dave, how are you? Oh, hanging in, hanging in. As I say, we've uh, we've got over the Christmas hump and it's all downhill now. Uh, New Year, carnival, Easter—it's the party's time of year down here, so all good. But listen, enough of that crap, and let's get into the football. And I'll start with Dave. As as Dylan alluded to there, we had a half hour, quite frustrating first, half hour against uh, against Stoke. Uh, we saw probably the worst again of Lovren and Mingale, But we showed resilience, we came back, and we didn't half pace this crowd. Uh, your thoughts, Dave?
2: Yeah, I think we did start slowly, and we have a tendency to start slowly, I think particularly the first the first five minutes. I think it takes us 15, 20 minutes at least to get going in games, from what I've noticed. But to be fair to the Stoke, they came out. They, they put Crouch up top, and that was going to be an obvious ploy. And Alan got the grips with things with a little mazey run through the centre circle, and that seemed to galvanise them. Um, and then we'd go on and, and got the goal and could have had another one. The goal itself were poor in a number of areas for no more so than than Mane winning the ball and giving it away and then making no attempt to to close the ball down or prevent the cross. Um, Lovren lets his man get ahead of him and then with I'm not I'm I'm not talking about the goalkeeper. I'm just not. Um, yeah, but after that I thought we took control of the game for long periods and then in and flashes where we're really good. They played with wing backs and I put that Peters was getting high up the pitch and Juice was getting high up the pitch on the other side and that was something that we looked to exploit with playing Indi Rigi and him linking the play-up, which I thought he did really, really well. But overall, it was uh, about a 7 out of 10 performance, and and we won 4-1. So, I don't know, take from that what you will.
0: Well, uh, what I sort of took from it was, if, if we play that badly for the first 30 minutes against City, we could be in deep trouble. Ali, yourself, uh, you know... I give credit, a lot of credit to Stoke the way they came out. They came out far and they came out running at us. And you know, the, for especially the first ten minutes, they were they were very very impressive. They got their goal. In my opinion, they were good value for their goal up until that point. But we did come back and we and we took, we stranglehold in the game really. And and it, you know, it, it's three valuable points. Yeah, definitely. It seems to be the last few games now teams have done that
3: trying to come at us early. But our I swear our fitness shines shines through in the latter stages that we seem to keep up the intensity right the way through but as you said if if we start that slowly and Dave's right we do tend to start slowly but if we start that slowly and sloppy against Man City and I'm pretty sure Aguero's back from his ban I mean we could be in big trouble early on Um, but oh we won 4-1 starting like that I I think Dave highlighted it we played really well especially the second half but the first half's so obviously the first half an hour, anyway, is still a concern if that was to carry on.
0: No, absolutely. And Dylan, yourself, you know, obviously the point made there. You, although it's a funny thing with Liverpool, we go into this game at the weekend, and we just know that our players are so up for these types of games that we we rarely don't get some sort of result against you know the the, the big teams. It's the little ones we tend to struggle to put to bed. And, and City, you know, aren't the great, but let's, let's keep the stoke. We scored some really nice goals in the end of it all, Dylan.
1: No, realistically, I, that's one of the obviously the big improvements that we've seen this season is not only just how much we tend to play in the attacking third, but also how clinical we are in the attacking third. You know, and it, I do agree with Dave uh, and Ali that we do take sometime especially in these past couple of matches to really get going but what i've noticed is is that we tend to we tend to start a little bit slowly when we kind of have call, Jurgen Klopp in press conferences has called it wild football for that first 15 or 20 minutes when these when these opposing teams have come out and they've be, they've been really aggressive both in attack and in in their pressing uh, when defending we tend to struggle against that until they tire themselves out, and we've seen obviously over the course of the season as well that our fitness levels are just second to none, uh, and that's why we, we we tend to see some of these you know we'll go down da- we'll go down one nil or we'll look really really poor for the first fifteen or twenty minutes before we get in our first goal these sorts of things. So I think that's going to be a big thing to look forward to in the new year, especially whenever we play some of these smaller sides that will counter press us very very hard. Uh, Is simply going to be how we deal with that. Right now we're not dealing with it well. Um, you know, I remember in the WhatsApp chat, Dave, you had said on a couple of different occasions that a better team could have had us two or three nil down at that stage. And I think to a certain extent that could be considered fair. Uh, and we, that's something that we probably need to focus on going forward. But ultimately, you know, again, in front of goal, whenever we actually got ourselves into the right positions, we we were finishing our chance as well. We, our chance creation greatly increased after the ha- the half hour mark. And, Overall, uh, you know, a 7-8 seven, seven, out of 10 performance, and uh, we walk away with a 4-1 victory. That's hard to be upset about.
0: No, it's not. And, you know, the, as I say, take away the first uh, 30 minutes. We, we were bloody good. We were, we were really, really good. But the one area, and I know Dave doesn't want to talk about it, so I'll, I'll come to him last, and he can pass on if he wants. But I'll stick with you, Dylan. We know everything there is to know about Simon Mingway, and we're starting to see it again. I, I thought he was very, very weak for their goal. Lovren didn't help him, you know, it's, it's, it comes back to the usual suspects, if you will. For me, I'd have kept Carius in there, but that's that's only my opinion, uh, but again, it's a case of, we're going in against City, and it makes me nervous, very nervous, that Simon Ming lays in goal.
1: Uh, to be honest with you, I think that there's I think there's a decent chance that we will see Carius at the weekend uh, and simply because uh, of uh, not only not only uh, Mignolet being who he is, but also I I agree with you in the sense that that the the, the Jonathan Walters goal in the 12th minute was quite weak. Uh, You know, he. He is a player, uh, you know, born and bred Evertonian, grew up in Merseyside. He is a he is a player that no matter where he's at, uh, specifically at Stoke, he does enjoy he does enjoy getting the odd goal or two against us. Uh, and he is that sort of industrious player that will cause problems uh, for a center half that doesn't have the most creativity like Dejan Lovren. But at the same time, I mean, realistically, when you look at how that ball was played, it, I I almost put more blame on the the cross coverage between James Milner and Sadio Mane. I mean, Mane ducked out of the way. Milner was nowhere to be found. I think he was behind Mane. So I I almost put more more issue with that because while it was a well-placed cross, it was also deep into the area. It could have been rather easily defended, and then we don't have that issue at all. Um, But again, Lovren not quite right not quite right in terms of the his positioning Mignolet didn't keep the strong hand let the ball go into the net we know we know what we get when we see Mignolet he is a good shot stopper he showed today uh on a couple of saves or he showed a couple of days ago that he has a uh that he is still prolific in terms of his shot stopping uh not so much on their goal but at this stage I it really wouldn't surprise me to see Karius back in for Manchester City and simply because we are going to need a more we're going to need a more fluid goalkeeper who's willing to come out uh, and help protect his defense and uh, Mignolet while he has improved on some of the small things like his distribution has gotten better in terms of the quick distribution uh, he is coming out of the net uh, for you know to claim crosses and long balls and these sorts of things Karius just in general is going to be better about it and it wouldn't surprise me to see him
0: yeah I think Karius gives a little bit more confidence when you when you see him and you know there was times don't get me wrong Simon Mignolet has obviously worked on this game but you know, here, here we are, two games in, and you know, I'll come to you, Ali. To me, that was a really soft goal. You know, to be beaten that badly on your near post. You know, it, it just—it wasn't that great a header, in my opinion. It wasn't. It wasn't unstoppable. It wasn't one of those ones that you could put down and say, "Oh, it's just a worldly. It wasn't, and and it begs questions, in my opinion, Ali. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not even in the corner. You know, it's not like it's just scraped in by the
3: post. Like Mignolet parried in, if. I'm, I'd love to say I'm surprised, but I'm, I've been waiting on it to happen. If Carrius makes that that if lets that go on on Saturday, we've seen what Twitter was like after the West Ham game, and that the place with, Jamie Carragher' ex- head were exploded in Sky Sports.
0: Well, sure, we're um, signing Joe Hart, according to him. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. Oh, I hope he never becomes a manager or a scout somewhere because that team are getting relegated. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> as like, I expected it to be honest and. I don't want to even go over them too much because it's it's like on my first podcast I said when we were talking about defence it's it's not like we're learning anything new same with McNally we we we've been waiting on it to happen and it won't it won't be the last when he plays for us so i, I you're kind of beating a, a dead horse when it comes to McNally
2: for me
0: Dave do you even want to comment on this or do you want me to move on
2: you brought me into it. ah go on go on go on <laughs> <laughs> all right so. Two things. The first thing is, I think the manager has a dilemma here, and he set himself that dilemma at the start of the season when he said that he wanted to create competition in the squad, and that included competition amongst the goalkeepers. And it was getting to a point where if Mignolet wasn't going to get in, he would have been sitting in the bench thinking, "Well, if I'm not getting in now, when am am I actually going to get in?" And Carius is in turn thinking, "I'm still okay." beding himself in and making these mistakes, et cetera, et cetera. So um, the manager has to, to create harmony within the squad, but keep that competition at the same time. So I, I kind of think he put himself in a position where it was necessary for more reasons than just the goalkeeper issue. The other thing is it's going to take this keeper time to bed in. It's, it's obvious from all of the previous experience that we have, and people have been making comparisons with the hair and then saying there isn't comparisons with the hair, But I feel that there is comparisons with the hair. Now, I'm not saying he's at that level, but just with regards to the situation.
0: I agree with that, Dave.
2: You know, he was, a, he was a lot younger when he came into the league. But when we talk about age, what we're actually talking about is experience. And he'd only made six fewer appearances than Carrius before he moved to Manchester United. You know, it took him a while. Ferguson also bombed him out for three months for... Lindergaard, if you remember him, who, let's all face it, I don't know where he plays football now I barely remember him playing for Manchester United (laughs) there's more reasons than just he's going to do a better job than him this is a wider issue and we could discuss it at length, but with regards to the City game, I think Mignolet will probably keep his place, I think it's a big game, I think he's got that big game experience he is an international goalkeeper after all, you know. Okay. So, yeah, if there's a mistake in him, we know that. But he got us, maybe, maybe we should be thankful that he got his mistake out of the way against Stoke. Because usually he has a, a wee run of about five games where he doesn't make a mistake. So let's hope that starts now.
1: Well, and the big thing here, too, Dave, and I, I think you bring this up uh, quite nicely, is that Mignole has been part of sides that have gone out and battered City, battered Chelsea. Uh, have scraped a 4-3 win over Arsenal. You know, it, it not only does he have the big game experience, but ultimately between him stopping shots, uh, our, our defense getting it together for, you know, the big games, whatever the case may be, um, you know, r- regardless of where you place the, the, the quote-unquote positive blame, he's been there for some of these big results. So I, I agree it wouldn't shock me if Mignolet stays in. I would prefer Karius, but at the same time, and I'm not sure how much controversy this gets met with, but I... I actually have been impressed with what menially has done since he's gotten his chance based on how he's looked previously, because we all know this by now. He's looked dead, dead fucking lost at times. And for the most part, not only has he continued his shot stopping ability, but between uh, getting the ball out and uh, back into play uh, a little bit quicker, being a little bit braver when it comes to crosses uh, and corners and these sorts of things, barring his mistake at Stoke. For the most part, he's been relatively solid. And, you know, obviously his kicking is still an issue. That's never going to get fixed, these sorts of things. But for the most part, it wouldn't bug me to have him in until he yeah. has his calamitous fuck up.
2: I think that's a really good point, Dylan. That's something I noticed in the last couple of games, how quickly he gets the game going again whenever he has the ball in his hands, he, he releases it as quickly as he possibly can. And that's something he wasn't doing previously. So he's obviously taken this coaching on board. And again, mm-hmm. back back to my original point, if, if the manager sees him doing this and he knows that he's doing this and making these changes to his game, then that's given Klopp even more of a reason to put him back in and even Absolutely. more doubt more doubt in Mignolet's mind as to what the overall agenda is. If he doesn't put him in at this point,
0: I understand Klopp's thinking, but you know it, it's great to have competition for shirts. It's great to have competition for the shirt all over the pitch. But the goalkeeper, and it's again just my spin on it, is such a key area. It's it's something I don't really believe that should be tinkered in. You pick your number one, you stick with it, and and so on. Um, I understand he was taken out of the spotlight, and that may help him, and so on. But it's something I'm a little uneasy about. Maybe chopping and changing. You know, we're we're really at the halfway point of the season. We're chopping and changing again. Minglea was playing cup games. He was getting game time. But is it the wisest position on the pitch to be chopping and changing halfway through a season?
1: Well, the way I really? see it, Dave, and you you could be you you could be you could be on to something here. But personally, the way that I see it is, is that it, it was made. It was made apparent from stage one that Carius was going to be our number one ever since he made his very, very first appearance when he came back from the broken hand injury that he was going to be our number one. And whether we're talking about the media exposure or the betting into the Premier League, whatever the case may be, there had, there came a time where it was necessary to bring him out. And instead of giving Mignolet a chance to earn back his number one position, all I see this as is Carius, settle down. We need to we need to have you in here because you are my number one. I told you that whenever we came in. Uh, you know, I've i brought that out into the media. These sorts of things, and then at that stage, it's basically we'll let Mignolet run for a while while he's doing well. But much like Carius, whenever it came to the calamitous screw up, um, that was the, the 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 Bournemouth goal, which I'm even then I'm not really that fucking pissed off with, to be honest. Um, when it comes to something along those lines, you have Mignale come in until such time where Carius is not only better settled, but you've also come to a point where Mignale is no longer viable. And of course, especially with the title race that we're currently embroiled in at the moment, there will come a time when Mignole will not be viable. And the main reason that there's we have evidence for this is that we've been in a title race where Mignale has become. Unviable as a goalkeeper. The difference is, is that we—he d- was number one then, so you can't drop him. He's number two now. So, so long as it no longer becomes viable, he has his screw up, whatever the case may be. Carius will not only be back in before the beginning, before the end of this season, but I wholeheartedly believe that once Carius comes back in, that should be very, very close to the end of Mignolet's Liverpool career.
2: I would argue this, Dave. In fact, I wouldn't even argue. I'm just going to tell you the fact of the matter is this season the goalkeeper. <laughs> This season, a goalkeeper error has cost us one point. That's it. Now, if you can go through we're we're, essentially we're halfway through the season. So if you go through the entire season with goalkeeper errors being the loss, meaning the loss of two points, I think you're doing okay. So that's where we are with it. I don't think it's as big an issue as we're making it out to be. We've got two goalkeepers that no, no one's particularly happy with for one reason or another. We're not going to sign Joe Hart in the summer, for, or in January, for a number he's of different no. reasons. <laughs> no more so than he's on a season-long loan contract to Torino. So dimension that is even mental in itself.
0: But it was Jamie so, a Pinch of salt, dude. Well, look,
2: whatever. whoever it was and whoever would even consider that that is not a viable option. So with two goalkeepers, I think there's not a lot between the both of them at the minute. So it doesn't really matter which one's in goal. Mendeley's in goal at the weekend. His weaknesses is, is high balls and crosses. We know that that's not City's game. So, you know, we'll not worry about it. And there's times when he's come in and he's gone three months and he's looked absolutely great. Not a mistake, not a single mistake in him. That's a shout So so as I say, it's it's there's no more really to discuss that. It's going to be one of those two. Get used to it.
0: No, indeed. Um, I just get a wee bit upset with uh, the people who suggest the, the Premier League's a little bit too much for Carrius. They clearly don't watch the intensity of the, the Bundesliga in Germany. Ali, do you want your two cents on it before we move on? No, as I say, it's, Mignol, uh, the guys both said it. Mignol has improved in a lot of
3: areas, but we're all waiting on the, the fuck-ups. Like, and that's, I don't think that's ever going to change. I don't think none of us are ever going to be assured by Mignolet, um, and time, time will tell on carries, but for me, he's got three seasons to prove because that's what we'll give Mignolet. So, yeah, move on.
0: Ah, indeed, we'll move on. And do you know what? We'll go in, we'll do some player ratings here before we take a look at the City game. And you know, I'll come, I'll stick with Yali. Ali. Um, you know, out of 10, what well, we've talked about him, Simon Mignolet. Um, what would you give him as a rating this week? I, I gave him a
3: I'd say a six um, He didn't really have much He made one good save Didn't really have much else to do But that, that that goal was just horrendous And that's got to It's got to take him down So
0: six out of ten for me Dave, yourself What, what would you give Mingale this week?
2: Six I suppose Could do better with the goal But great save Speed and releasing the ball And getting us Getting us on the On the front foot again Is, is something he's worked on Which was Which was impressive And his kicking fine So yeah Six
0: and Dylan? All sixes, no?
1: I'll I'll even go so far as to give him to give him a seven. He did well on the Joe Allen shot. He did well on the header that came across. Um, you know, obviously he released he you know, he let he let the goal in because of a you know, not the strongest arm. And if we had a clean sheet, then I may even go so far as giving him an eight, but I'll give him a seven.
0: Oh, very generous. I'm going to give him a five and a half because that was to say it was good from Joe Allen. He, it, it was it was rather lucky that it, it just sort of the spin of the ball took it away from the player. We could have been two nil down. So five and a half for me. Um, I'll stick with you, Dylan, for Nathaniel Klein, who I'm sure we'll all give the same rating to because we get the same from him every week.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, you know, I, it, realistically, I think he, he he well earned his six out of 10. He's not Far from a seven or an eight out of ten in terms of whether you look at it in this singular game or across the season, but he earns a six out of ten because while he is paired up well with Mane and he does get the ball forward very, very well, which is what a fullback's supposed to do, and he does defend more, more often than not with his recovery pace very, very well, which is what he's supposed to do. A six out of ten is just a, a, about how that one goes. I don't think there's much too there's too much discussion for that.
2: No, and Dave, would you would you echo that one? No. It's a 7 out of 10, at least, every week from Klein. Oh, he's Absolutely faultless. He could be more incisive in the final third, but, yeah, it could be. But, you know, who are we, who are we asking him to be here? You know, there's very few fullbacks better than, better than Nathaniel Klein. Model of consistency and give me players who are going to be, if we had a goalkeeper with the model of that consistency, I think would be in a great place.
0: No, and, and you know what, Dave, that is so hard to argue against. Ali, for you, um, what are you going for, Nathaniel? I'm giving it a six point five.
3: Um, I'm more along along the lines of Dave. Um, he is he has a seven week by week, but I, I just feel he should have done better for that first goal. Him and Manny, they should have done better for the cross. He could be more like decisive in the front front three, but in the forward for sorry. But again, we we can't be expecting more. From a defender, he's defending. Okay, he gets caught in the air a lot, but there's nothing he can do. He's small. He can't grow anymore for us. So yeah, I'll go for a six point five.
0: Ah well, he, well, he nearly actually scored. He actually managed a, an attempt on target, and for that, I'm giving him a seven. Um <laughs> As I say, no, he he is uh, like he's a, he's just consistency personified. Um, Ali, I'll stay with you for um Dejan the Clown. What are you what are you going to give him this week? Four. Oh, good! He just, that, Starting this and, one off with controversy,
3: Ali. To be fair, I think I'm being generous. um oh. just that, <laughs> that, that first half was atrocious. He his positioning was horrendous. I don't, I don't mind the the goal. I don't even mind him losing the header. It's just he, he had no idea where the player was, and that just summed up his whole first half. I'm just glad Clavin was there. Put it that way. So, nah, four for me for
1: Dejan.
0: Uh Dylan for you, Mister Lovren Ah, uh, I'll I'll at least
1: give him a five and a half. For the most part, I I I don't for, think he put, explain for what. Basically, it, a lot of it is driven on uh a, a lot of it's going to be driven on his second half. I mean, yes, he was he was quite lost for the first fifteen or twenty minutes, but for the most part, while while his passing was for the most part very very safe, and that's probably even being a little generous. The nice part that you get out of Lovren is that. N- What we get out of him, whether he's on the right or the left, is that we do get a little bit more confidence than what we've seen uh, in past performances with him on the ball. And I think that showed, um, while the defending side of things was, especially in the first half hour or so, a little bit, uh, not even a little bit, it was less than desired. For the most part, he helps with the, the, the keeping of possession, which is something that he's improved upon pretty
0: dramatically. No, fair enough. And Dave, would are you going to break the mold here and give him something bigger or less?
2: Oh, I I think it's a seven, except for the fact that <laughs> he's he's badly at fault for the goal. I think, um, mm. so a six. I think he is. He, he he is ball watching essentially. He's he's concentrating more on going to meeting the cross and actually watching what's going on behind him and being aware of where his man is. I think I agree with Dylan, and, and I've said this before, and I think we've seen him play his best football when he's had Sackle alongside him, and I think he's far more comfortable on the right-hand side. I thought he won the ball well on the front foot. Um, his distribution was good. He was good in the air. So I think a six is, is, is fair. This, apart from the goal, I think he's decent.
0: No, I, I'm going to give Dejan Lovren my, uh, my rating, which I'll give him a four. You guys have made a case for, you know, he improved as the game went on. In my opinion, Stoke ran out of steam. They threw everything at us in that first 30 minutes and ran out of steam. And he hadn't very, very little to do. And on another day, that could have cost us, so I'm going to give him a four. But let's move on into Mr. Clavin. And I'll start with Dave on this one. What are you going to give uh, Old Ragnar?
2: Yeah, he was fine. A solid 7 out of 10. He was loving, but he didn't make a mistake. Simple. Yep, and hard, hard
0: to disagree with it. It wasn't probably yeah, it wasn't as good as he was. I think the, the Derby was absolutely excellent. Ali far ahead. Yeah, he was he was solid enough. I um I give I give him a six
3: and a half. None of the defence were pass really good or pass marks. I thought he made he made a really good block um in the first half. I think it was just after the goal when Lovren was caught out of position. So yeah, I'll, I'll give him a six and a half for Clavin. He's passing so good.
0: Aye, and I read somewhere I think it was he's eighty nine percent. Uh, pass success rate for that game or something Mm. I I read Dylan for you what what are you going to give him? Yeah I think a 7 is fair I mean for the most part
1: he was pretty stalwart defensively he didn't have uh, Peter Crouch on his side as often as what Lovren did so I feel that uh, especially with the switch that was made because I believe Walters started out uh, on Lovren's side and then Right around that half-hour mark or so, we switched over to Klobben's, and for the most part, uh, I feel like he did well. Uh, obviously, his passing w- was astute. I think it was like 89.3 uh, on his passing percentage, so it's hard to be upset about that. And I think I think a seven's fair.
0: No, and I'm going to go seven myself, because I say, you know, he, he's not a, t- a first-team regular. He stepped in, he's doing a job, and he's doing it very, very efficiently, as, as basically what he was bought to do. Uh, And I like that, and it's very, very hard to criticise him in any area, so I'm happy to go with a seven. Dave, I'll I'll go to you with uh, Mr. Milner. What are you going to give
2: him? I thought he was very good. Great outlet down the left, got in behind loads of times. His delivery was good. Yeah, he's another one that gives you decent performances every week, but I thought he was at the heart of, of most of it. I thought he was very, very good. I'll go an eight for Milner.
0: And Ali,
3: yourself? I've given Milner a seven and a half. I thought he was the best of the back four so he was getting a seven for that and I gave him an extra half just for just for his assist I, I still I still want him to stop crossing as much but he is becoming a real outlet down the left hand
1: side Dylan for you I would actually almost go closer to like a six and a half. It's gotten to the point now for me where I feel like he's getting he's getting less in terms of extra points for adapting to the left back role. I've, you do get some moments of brilliance from from James Milner, and I think in this particular one, especially with with Glenn Johnson on his side, for the most part, he could have done more. But a lot of that was based on the fact that we had Roberto Firmino out there, who I thought was was really really good on the day. Defensively, he was pretty astute, uh, so it's hard to detract anything from there. So, yeah, um, I, I think a six and a half just for going out there and doing what he doing what he always does.
0: No, I hear you. I'm going to give him a seven because uh, a few good crosses in there. He did have an assist. And, you know, he's doing what we're expected of him. Uh, I'd be very, very harsh to, to suggest otherwise. But talking of uh, maybe <laughs> we're going to move to Jordan Henderson, which might divide us just a tad. And I'll stick with Ali on this one. Uh, what are you going to give our captain? Six and a half. Just he's, he's just doing a job. Um, I think he's the
3: easiest to upgrade on. I think you agree, Dave. Um, but he's doing it, he's he's adjusting well enough. And um, the passing's frustrating, but it's exactly what we're getting week in, week out from him. He's keeping possession, so and we're winning. So, yeah, six and a
1: half for me. Generous, and Dylan yourself. I think a six and a half is reasonable. I I wasn't as impressed with him in the air this particular match as what I have been in previous matches, which has kind of surprised me since he stepped back into this more of a holding midfielder role. This particular match, I saw a little bit more from him out of the passing. His final third passing hasn't been I, I guess it is less than desired, but I suppose to a certain extent that comes with the territory. He's not supposed to be the guy who's who's launching forward like we've seen him in the past. Uh, 50 of his 90 attempted passes were forward passes. Now, he was 31 for 50, so not necessarily the best percentage out there. But a lot of the ones that he missed, based on the map that I'm looking at, were more of a long ball. So whenever he was in on the intricate play uh, in terms of uh, keeping possession and keeping the ball uh, close to the final third, if not in the final third then I, I, I don't see too much wrong with him. So I, 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 when you take into consideration how good he was on defense as well, I would give
0: him a seven. Fucking generous. Dave, yourself, what are you going to give him?
2: So Dylan, are we saying that the majority of Jordan Henderson's passes are forward passes? He
1: In this particular match, he was 90 passes attempted, 70 were successful. Of the 90 attempted, 50 were forward and 10 were flat. Uh, square passes. So sixty of his nine, yeah, sixty of his ninety would have been uh, not
2: backwards. So that's only thirty-three percent backward passes. Yes, sir. Thank you. I think Henderson is integral to how we play, and we're talking about upgrading him, which I find strange. I think he's hugely underrated. I think his understanding of the game. I think his leadership on the pitch, certainly James Milner, who's a league title winner, and and you know, five, six years senior. His pass for Origi for the third goal, brilliant. Anticipates the ball, picks up the second ball, and slides it inside the fullback. Lovely, lovely pass. That creates the goal as much as Origi's cross does. And he played another wonderful volley pass out to Klein, I think, on, on the right hand side, a cross feed pass. It must have been 50 yards. Incredible, incredible. And you know he found it difficult in the first the first thirty minutes. I think Alan did a really good job on him. He made it difficult for him to have any time in the ball. And he needed to go sideways. But in saying that, you know a lot of a lot of what we build our game on is moving the ball from side to side and and switching the play and disrupting them and moving them about. So that's an important part of the game as well. That watching it, you might get frustrated with, but he does it well. Um, He does it very well, and he doesn't. Sideways well. Jesus.
1: The one thing that I'll agree with you here, Dave, uh, and I I think you made a really good point, can we find somebody, uh, especially since we're talking about the, the the small sample size that we have of Jordan Henderson this season as a holding midfielder, can we find somebody who's a better tackler? Yes. Can we find somebody who's a little bit more pinpoint in terms of accuracy with his passes? Yes. I don't think you'll find too terribly many holding midfielders out there who have the engine that Henderson does. Um, But could you technically find somebody? Yes. Could you find somebody who is a little bit more positionally aware uh, that's used to playing in that defensive midfielder role? Yes. But in terms of who we have in our current Squad at the moment and who we have available to us. I think Henderson not only has done well with what he's been given this season, but I also think that comparatively, I think he's doing it better than what else we have available to us. Could we improve? Yes. Is it absolutely fucking necessary? No. Agreed.
0: Listen, I- I'm giving him a-, a generous four out of ten. Um, ah, fuck off, there No, I'm oh. giving him a generous. And, and, and let me explain why. Look, you guys have based wonderful arguments there. You've put forward great facts and stats, but don't let facts and stats get the way of truths. And the truth is, this is the most upgradable player in our team. The truth is, while Dave can point out, yes, he's, he's marshalling the troops well. So does Stevie G when he was fucking lumbering about the place in his last season. That's, that, just being a great captain doesn't make you a great player. And, you know, we, do we have better in, in sitting on our bench? Yes, we do. We have Emery Chan, whose ceiling is much higher and a player I would much rather see playing. I'm very frustrated by, by Henderson. Um, I appreciate he's grown in the role of captain. I, I'm, I'm not going to attack him on that at all. I think, you know, it's, I've seen a lot of the stuff he does off the pitch. Fantastic. But on it, I'm, I'm just not convinced. And I haven't been convinced for some time uh, with Jordan Henderson. And I, I just don't see what, what you guys see um, at all. I just I just don't. I just don't see it. And And what I, and what I do see is... Emery Shan sitting on the bench as a much superior player. I will give you the difference
1: of opinion all day long, but to call Jordan Henderson the most upgradable position uh, on our on the pitch at the moment is—I'll I'll say it—it's fucking absurd. I, I love you, Dave. <laughs> I, I, holy shit, I, I agree. Okay, with you. so totally so who,
0: who's who's more upgraded? Goalkeeper, Lover, right side of centre back, an oh, actual but, but, left but, back. But, who's an actual but, but, left back? Stop! Stop! Again, we have better defenders. Um, than Dejan Lovren and the team, but we choose to put them the We don't story. have a We're better left there. back. We don't have a better left back.
1: We don't have a better left back. At the current time, we don't necessarily have a better goalkeeper while uh, Loris Karius is adapting into his position. We don't have what we would consider to be an out-and-out striker. We don't have somebody who could play in in a true number 10 role. Uh, We don't have a lot of different things. Um, And for the holding midfielder performances that he has put in over the course of the season, including in this particular Stoke match, the— Probably three purchases could be made before somebody starts looking at a true defensive midfielder, because I don't want to I don't I don't want to bottle Emory Chan in order to get him to stay in that holding midfielder position. That's not his game. That's not what he's good at. And he's shown us more often than not that he is very, very much more effective in that box to box role. So saying, oh, well, you're good at coming forward. You're really good with your intricate passing. You can pop in the odd goal. We're going to sit you back here, and I'm going to have you protect the center backs. That's, that's madness to me. So I would I don't want him sitting on the bench. I absolutely agree with you there. It's really hard to take Jorginho Wijnaldum out of the side, and we'll talk to him in a minute. But I don't want him sitting on the bench, but I also don't want him relegated to Henderson's role. Let Henderson, who doesn't have much development left, stay in a position where we don't want somebody like a like who carries the ball and does what emory chan does develop into what henderson does that would be a travesty and a waste of a talent
0: anybody else want to pop at me before we move on <laughs>
2: <laughs> Free chan, doesn't have the, chan doesn't have the physicality to do that job in that that team he he's not mobile enough he's not quick enough over 10 yards to cover the to cover the player to cover the break I don't think he's disciplined enough either. So for me, Henderson's the natural choice. Um, and the fact of the matter is Klopp has them both there and he's been picking Henderson as his captain all season in that position ahead of him, Ray Chan. If you know better than him, Dave, that's sound. But as far as I'm concerned, the manager can see both these players every single day and if he thinks that jordan henderson can do that job better than M. Ray chan then i'm with him
0: well you know that's that's i'm not i'm not gonna get into it. i'm not gonna start a row with you that's an easy that's an easy thing to say i respect what club <laughs> does but again i have my opinion i, have, I totally respect what everybody said there um Around that, but you're you're not moving me. Simple as that. But we're moving on to Wunaldum. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to You're not moving me, but this discussion is moving. Yeah, this, on. this discussion. I'm <laughs> I'm staying static, but the discussion is moving forward. Um, Wynaldum and Dave, what 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 do you make of uh, Wunaldum this weekend? I thought he was rather good.
2: Yeah, I like him. I like him a lot. Um, I think he's great. He just moves the ball so quickly through the phases. It's one one and two touch all the time rarely gives the ball away he's strong he's quick he's mobile he protects the ball well he can turn and he just is he's that link between the back three say and the front four and he seems to be everywhere he's taken up all kinds of positions and i think he's clearly a very intelligent footballer clearly um because he always appears to be in the right place at the right time so for me and it's one of the one of the standouts I think in the pitch. And I think and to be honest, against against Everton in an even better game. And I think we're seeing him improve every week and gain more confidence playing in that, that new position. Because remember it's a new position for him too. So really like him. Um anybody who moves the ball quickly and gets us moving through the phases of the play quickly. I'm absolutely delighted with that. Um, yeah, really, really good. Look forward to seeing him against City. I think he'll be key.
0: He's starting to fit our system well, and and he's growing on me week by week. Uh, Ali, yourself, I'm just
3: not seeing what anybody else is seeing. I just don't see what he's bringing. I I wanted the signing. I was happy with the signing, but I thought it was going to be more than a a further ahead role, six and a half for me. I'm just no. I don't know. I just don't see it. I don't see what everybody else is seeing.
0: I think it's just for me. It's it's the work rate. He's everywhere, um, and, and and I like mm. players like that. Dylan, for for you, what are you going to give him? Well, and speaking of everywhere, part of the reason that I give him a seven in this match,
1: and it's something that we've seen probably in the last five, is that he came in as an attacking style player that we've moved into you know, the basically the center of the park. And what I what I didn't particularly care for in in terms of his play earlier in the season was that he didn't come back enough. He didn't drop back to assist Henderson to kind of fill that gap between the left sided center back and the left back. Uh, and we saw quite a bit of that in this match. Not only was he was he there to to put pressure, uh, he was there to 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 cut off passing lanes and these sorts of things. And I think that helped out a lot. You have to give credit to him there. His passing was absolutely on point. I think of of the probably sixty five passes that he made, I think he only missed about five or six. So fair credit to him there. He's he, he's improved his his consistency in terms of who he's passing to, where he's trying to get the ball. I think Klopp has narrowed down what the kinds of passes that Wijnaldum does, and that has invoked a lot of his creativity. So I think in a match like this, absolutely 7 out of 10.
0: You know, I, I'm going to give him an 8 as well because I thought, I thought he was rather good in this game. But let's move forward again to another player who I'm I'm very impressed with and never ever thought in a million years it would be a couple of years ago, and that's Adam Lallana, who seems integral to everything good that we do. Ali, I'll let you go first on this one.
3: Yeah, he's, he's just cru- so crucial for us just now. I mean his ability has never been under question. One of the most naturally gifted players in our squad, his touch, his passing, and his his vision. It just it was put all together, was the frustrating thing. Um I've given him an eight. Um took his goal well, nice assist from Glenn Johnson. And he was crucial to the build up to one of the other goals. His running is just frightening. So yeah, eight out of ten for me for Adam.
2: Cross to Dave then. Um I gave the an eight point five because I think he's brilliant. You can see it; he's just brilliant. There you, isn't are. He you He's great. He is.
0: He is. A fucking he, everywhere. He is tireless. He fucking runs his legs into the fucking ground. I was delighted to see him coming off as a sub, so <laughs> because we've got City at the weekend. But up until that point, you know, he's tireless. He's brilliant.
2: Yeah, and he's just technically so gifted, isn't he? He's brilliant. But like, is he right footed? Is he left footed? We don't know. We, he's probably both. His attacking intelligence, um, the goal with his, his technical ability just creates all kinds of opportunities in the final third. And then you get the other side of his game, his, his pressing, his, his work rate, his energy, his dynamism in the middle of the park, winning the ball back. Um, and he did all of those things. He did seven goals and six assists, 1,117 minutes, I think, this season. That is player of the year. Form is is output which he was getting so much criticism for, um, is just off the charts at the minute. I think he's been our best player this season.
0: I, I couldn't argue with, and you know, uh, even even non Liverpool fans are 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 singing his praises and lauding him. He really has been brilliant. Dylan, for you, what what are you going to give him?
1: Ah. Uh... I guess voice of controversy a little bit. I'm going to give him a seven. Uh, I think he did well when he had the ball. Uh, Obviously he gets the extra point because of his goal. Uh, But for the most part, this is probably in the last eight matches that I've seen him play in. Uh, This is probably the least involved in, uh, in attacking play that I've seen Adam Loana. He was probably closer to an 8 out of 10, but simply because of the way that we were battered in the first 20 and the fact that he came off, which, uh, again, Dave, I do agree with, especially with City at the weekend. But I think I kind of have to limit him to
0: a 7. got the goal and one. got us back into the game, got us moving. Uh, For me, he's an 8 all day long. Um, The next one up, uh, and I'll stick with you, Dylan, is Sadio Mane. He, He seems to drift in and out of games, but he still remains very effective. Uh,
1: since his purchase from Southampton and hearing from all the Southampton fans, oh, he disappears, he doesn't like the cold, whatever the case may be. I thought I, w- I, I was actually really impressed with him uh, in this particular match. I- I'll, I'll give him a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, he did run that right side, and even whenever we weren't playing the best, we still got the ball out to him, and he made a couple of different things happen in the first half hour that if it weren't for the fact that it were Sadio Mane, I'm not entirely sure we would have had that opportunity simply because of the pace, simply because of the way that he carried carries himself his strength, which again still baffles me to this day, how somebody so small could be so strong. So I, I actually give him a little bit more credit than Lilana here because uh, he did run the right hand side for the entire match, which uh, I'm 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 very very happy with. He was a little bit less uh, consistent in terms of his take ons. Was pretty consistent. Uh, created a couple of chances. Uh, had a near miss, um, and then had some defensive work today too, which normally he he tends to stay a little bit higher uh, when we are in a, when we are defending, and he was back helping Klein. Um, I think the only reason that he doesn't get uh, closer to an eight is simply because he ducked out of the way like an asshole on that cross that led to Jonathan Walter's goal.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. And Ali, for you, what what are you going to give
1: him? A
3: generous seven. And only so high purely because the pressure he put on the the Stoke defender for the goal and and his channel running. Uh, I thought it was it was quite a quiet game. Uh, he was inexcusable totally for the goal, um, as Dylan said, ducking it the way. But it was him that gave the ball away as well we, when he we controlled it and Walters nipped in. Not Walters, uh, Peters. So, yeah, I'll make it brief. Just a seven for him.
2: And Dave, anything different? So, yeah, seven, seven for me. We've heard that um, Klopp said to him just before the goal, come out, um, just before the first goal, come out and give me five minutes um, and hug the touchline for five minutes because. Peters was leaving the whole the whole left side exposed for most of the match, so that played right into his hands. Um, but I think quiet-ish, quiet-ish, but yeah, quiet but effective. And he's always got the capacity to to pop up with a goal or or, or like he's the type of player that can kill you in in ten seconds. He can just kill you in ten exactly. seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know whether he's playing a, a five and a half or whether he's playing a, a nine. He's always got the potential just to do something mad and score a goal like he did at Arsenal. But I think it was a quietest day for him. I agree with, with Ali. He's poor for the goal in two respects. I don't want to criticise our attacking players too much when we won 4 1. So, seven?
0: No, I'm going to go with a 6.5. Um, I would like to have seen a little bit more from him. And that's not a criticism of what we did see from him. I'd just like to have seen a little bit more of him. Um, and next up, we have. Uh, Drink driver of the year, uh, Roberto Firmino. And I'll start with Dylan on this one. Uh, he, he had a great game. Uh, got us moving. A little bit wasteful with the shots, but overall, another good game from Firmino. I'm
1: actually only going to give Firmino a 7. Uh, and that's that, in my opinion, is relatively generous. This has been, much like Mane, this has been one of the most uninvolved matches that I've seen Roberto Firmino in. Uh, he was in on the pressure and ha- had a couple of successful tackles. But overall, I mean... <sighs> Uh, the issue that I have in this particular match is that w- while he created four chances, which you always like to see out of somebody, um, but for the most part, he was less involved than what he typically is whenever he plays in that central role, and I think that detracted from the impact he could have had. Otherwise, I was I was a little bit less impressed in this particular match than what I could have been. So I'll, I'll sit on a seven and walk away from it.
0: That's cool. And Ali yourself, what what did you make of Roberto? <laughs> Uh, he
3: was an eight for me. I think the drink seemed to do a world of good because I thought that was his best performance on the left since he started playing there. The chances created, he's, he took his goal very well. He was, he was good coming up against, I know it was Glenn Johnson, but he's still good up against
0: the defender. Um, yeah, I thought he's his best performance in a while, so an eight for me. No baller. And Dave, are you, are you going on these lines? Are you going higher?
2: No, I tend to agree with Ali. I think... Um... I think he was he was great. We won four one. He creates good chances. He scores the the goal that puts us in the lead right before half time. When is a better time to, to score a goal? So his leg up play was good. He works he works and works and never stops working. And he should get a seven at least for just running about loads every week. So yeah, I think he's adapted well. Well, starting to adapt well, but I think we've seen that with a lot of players when they've been shifted a little bit, takes them takes them a little bit of a while to get the get the grips of the role. But yeah, I think he's. I think between him and Lalana, there are are two most vital players um, to the way that we play. Um, and I think he did a good job, and it was a very good goal he scored. He, he couldn't have put that any more right in the corner, could he? Good performance. Have a drink next week.
0: Well, he can have a drink sooner because I'm going to give him 8.5 and make him my man of the match, which means he gets the champagne. Controversial, but he's going to get it. Um, I, I just enjoy watching him. He is a joy to watch. Um, I, I do think he plays better with Phil Coutinho on the pitch. I really do. But he's starting to show, you know, his own identity, really, in, in the time that uh, Coutinho's been away. And uh, just a joy to watch. 8.5 for me. And, and another player we're going to move on to now, uh, Diva Garigi, who I, I just love to see in the side. Um, a player I just see growing every week. And I'll go to Ali first on this one. What, what rating are you going to give Big Divock?
3: Hey, just a seven for me. I just I don't enjoy him through the centre. Um, I think I've said this on the last pod we did. He, he's just more effective out wide. He's pay, he, he doesn't have the movement of of Sturridge and Bobby when they play central to, to drag defenders about. He likes being on the last man. And that's not suiting the way we play. I just... When he goes wide, he just kills teams, especially fullbacks. Um, so just, just a seven for me.
0: I, I'd put an argument there that, you know, ultimately, um, you know, the way that our front three sort of interchange, I think I think he's a great addition to it. Uh, Dylan, yourself, what rating are you going to give him?
1: I'm not entirely sure how much I agree with Ali with his, with his better performances out wide. During the last match, he was definitely more effective out wide. Uh, you know, especially with the way that he was cutting in across from the center and turning back towards. Obviously, it was a well taken uh, low cross for the for the assist to <laughs> Gianelli and Bula, uh which I. I, I Believe all day that he, you know, uh, they would have gotten on the end of that uh, regardless. So it doesn't really matter who put the goal in. But overall, I, it was one of those things where you know, again, a striker gets gets judged a lot based on his goal output. And while he didn't have a goal today, I feel like he held the ball well. I feel like he ran the channels uh, relatively decently. We seem to be a little bit less incisive in terms of passing it through past the back line. Uh, so he didn't quite get onto the ball as much as what he probably would have preferred, but. On the flip side, he, he did put in a pretty a pretty good performance in terms of uh, keeping possession and holding the ball. And, you know, again, the assist makes a big difference as well. So I would say – I would say a seven. I'd feel like a six and a half, but I'll say a seven for the assist as well.
2: And Dave, yourself? Oh, an eight. I thought he was great. So thought he was really good. I thought it was his best performance in a while. He just seemed to really, really step it up. He had been disappearing in games and, and – uh, Scoring goals, but not being involved in a great deal else. But I thought he was. I thought his hold-up play was excellent. I thought his link-up play was great. The number of times that he brought it in, he popped it off. It was a couple of lovely passes out the right-hand side, particularly mm-hmm. um, a couple of Maney and Klein. Um, where, where he, I think, did he, he set Maney away for the goal. I think didn't he for the first goal? I believe so. It was a, ah, it was magic. It was the proper like that's something that DDA Drogba was on it was absolutely brilliant. He makes the goal in the second half with a good run outside the fullback and and a really really good cross, perfect cross, undefendable because it could not be defended by the defender. Don't, don't know whether that's the the impact of of knowing that Sturridge is sitting on the bench or not. Really really impressed, really impressed with him. Thought he was excellent.
0: No, I agree. I, I give him an eight as well. Just the, the cross for the third to me was just just brilliant. And uh, as as rightly you pointed out, all of you, some of the some of the passes, the play, he's he's tireless. And I I just like or I always have, and I'm just delighted he's getting this bit of a run. Sadly, it's at the expense of Phil Coutinho, but I'm I'm delighted to see him in the team. Listen, lads, I just want to maybe look at the, uh, the the three subs. Stick with you, Dave. For, for Emery, Khan. what would you give him? And I
2: don't know. A five. It's on the pitch twenty minutes. Dylan, uh, for
1: all three, barring Sturridge. I'll go ahead and give my ratings: uh six for Chan, a seven for Sturridge, and a uh, five for Moreno. He didn't really, he didn't really have time to do anything. uh Sturridge only gets more than a six because of the goal.
0: Indeed, and Dave, what, what, what about the other two for you?
2: Um, I thought Sturridge looked sharp when he came on. To be honest, I thought he was involved. Um, he got himself involved in the game. He clearly wanted to go out and make a point, good anticipation for the goal. Um, oh God! Dare I say it? Let's hope that's a, a run of at least, you know. Uh, just don't say I
0: it. Wait. We know what you mean, dear. Just don't Any- say it. We know what you mean. Just, <laughs> just don't, don't say it. it, you bastard.
2: <laughs> no, <wait>. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's like five weeks to the end of January. Surely Dave, don't say it. Just, just don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> If we can if we can squeeze, right, no, and this is actually, I'm being really, really serious here. Oh, if God, we no. Can squeeze, <laughs> no, listen to me. If we can squeeze six weeks out of him now, six weeks, that's all I'm asking for. To the football gods, give me six weeks of Daniel Sturridge being fit, whether it's from the bench, because I can see him making an impact off the bench against City. Or, or from the start, just to get through January and into February, we have him available while Coutinho's coming back and having those options to rotate those players because we've got, you know, we've got Southampton a few days before uh, United away at Old Trafford. And, you know, those types of little three and four day gaps, he's going to be vital. So let's hope that that's what we see because he looked really up forward. He looked sharp. So, yeah, hopefully. And he did play out the left, for the first ten minutes before before Firmino come off, um, and then he went through the middle and Moreno moved out the left. So you know I, I was that just interested me a little bit. That's all. But good, good feeling. I've got a good feeling about this. We're getting many a whole, might even stretched to two months fitness. Tell you. Different. I'm going to. Second time. time
0: you said you said too much. Ali, quick, come and save us. Uh, give us your three ratings for the subs. If Moreno scores that that volley, he was getting a ten. Um, unfortunately,
3: that's blocked for a corner. Um, I'll agree with Dylan. Um, six for Chan. Six for Moreno. Didn't really impact the game much. The game was dead. Um, I give Sturridge just seven and a half. That goal was just wonderful. Um, he did look sharp. And in Sturridge's defence, he'd been fit from February up until last month. So it's just whether or not we see game time. Because um, he rarely gets injured in games. It just seems to be training incidents. Well, we've got so many games coming up. He's not going to be training as intensely as he was. So here's hoping.
0: No, I hear you. And, you know, again, I go six, six, seven 6 7 again um, for, for Sturridge. And, you know, with the Sunderland game, I think it's less than 48 hours after the City game we play Sunderland. I would like to see Daniel Sturridge start that Sunderland game. Um, and I would definitely like to see him playing some part even later on against, uh, against City. But and as I say, whatever happens with his, uh, with his health and fitness happens. I'm not going to ask him to do rain dances and shit like that. What will be will be with him, sadly. And, that, and, and that's the way we've got to take it with Sturridge. But lads, I, I want to get a quick run around the table. We have probably, to date, it's probably our biggest game of the season coming up here at the weekend uh, against City. We are at home. Um we traditionally do well in this fixture. Uh I'll I'll start with Dylan on this one. What what's your thoughts Dylan? What do you want to see? What do you think'll happen? I think we go out against
1: City with a with a rather unchanged lineup. Uh, I don't think Matip is is slated to be back. If he is, uh, bring him in. Otherwise, there's not much about this side with who we have available that you would really change. I would like to see a guy like Sturridge slot in, but realistically, Origi's not only had more training with uh, Firmino and Mane in terms of how they play uh, and, and how that interchange works, but more importantly, he has gotten big goals for us, so I think you got to leave him in, which basically leaves this side unchanged. I would like to see Emre Chan come in, but I'm not sure who comes out, because I feel like Wijnaldum and Lilana would both do very, very well against City, as they've done in the past. Henderson has done well and uh, is holding midfielder role, fuck whatever you think, Dave, so... From that perspective, I think we go largely out against an unchanged side, and we know how we play in these big games. So if we can if we can maintain that level of intensity, then I think we're catching Manchester City at a really good time. If we had played them sometime in the end of September, middle of October, then maybe things would have been a little bit differently with the way that they got started. But... We're catching them at a good time. Claudio Bravo doesn't necessarily look good. Their back line has been a mess at times. Their midfield has been uh, raped essentially because uh, Ilkay Gundogan's no longer there. So Yaya Torre completely changes how that City team plays. And while that's good against a lot of folks, I really don't think that's going to work well against our pressing game. So not that I do anything briefly, I think this is going to be this is going to be a really good match for us.
0: And Dave, yourself, what 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 are you hoping for?
2: I'm hoping for a win, Dave. Hoping for a a, a a big win, but you know, <laughs> let's see. Um, I think this is a. I think this is a. We're only halfway through the season, but I think this is a really significant game. Um, and I think game it's of actually, the season so far for me, Dave. This is it. I think. I think this is maybe more significant for City than it is for us. I would agree. Um, with that. If we if, if we beat them. And the other teams around just win. They could be 10 points off the top and they could be fifth in the league. So it's, you know, don't underestimate this side coming into this game because they have a squad of of outstanding footballers. And they have Aguero, who's had a lovely four-match rest because he went mad and lost his head. His head (laughs) fell off against Jeremy. So he's had a four-game rest. Um, he'll not have been, not be maybe match Sharp is the only thing that we can kind of keep our fingers crossed for. Um, but, you know, Dylan's pointed out that, you know, their back line, you know, people talk about our backline. I think their back lines are shakier than ours has, to be totally honest with you. I'm surprised that Arsenal didn't take advantage of it the other way because I thought if any team could, they could. Um, but, I th- well... Aside from us, but I think I think we can I think we can hurt them. Um, I think we can hurt them badly. Um, I worry about us starting slowly and giving them something to something to defend. Yeah, hopefully it'll be a good atmosphere. Early evening, New Year's Eve. Sterling's bound to get some abuse, which always gets the crowd riled up a little bit. Um, and these games have shown over the years that they they provide goals. So I'm expecting goals, and with the way both teams can score goals and the way both teams can stop goals at the other end, I'm expecting lots of goals, to be honest. But, yeah, I think largely unchanged. I think Madup's injury is a strange one. I think it's it's just something that needs to be managed. It could be one of those ones where he's in and out in the side. Obviously, we'd all prefer if he played however you know that doesn't mean that Lovren's going to get dropped. Don't forget. So don't get too excited with yourselves all of a sudden. But I think it's I I don't think Coutinho going to be fit, which is a pity. And we think we all harbored hopes deep down that that he was at least going to be available from the bench in this would, match. Would but you?
0: Uh, yeah, but you would have wanted him too, to, Dave. I, I think it's too big a game for a comeback from that injury.
2: Um, I think that if the medical staff deemed him available and even able to play twenty minutes. Then it's worth having him on the bench, just even for Manchester City to see they've got him on they've, they've got him on the bench. And if they've got him on the bench, then they must know they can get at least twenty minutes out of him. Yeah, it's it's it, that's all that's all irrelevant anyway. But um, yeah, let I think I, I'm. I, I think we'll win. I genuinely think we'll win the game, and that would be massive for us, and and that was hugely damaging for them.
0: Absolutely, I think, I think we have Chelsea against Tottenham in there some, somewhere over those fixture lists as well, so there, there's some tasty ties coming up that could help us out if we do win it, which I do believe we will. Ali, yourself, just to, just to finish off, what are you expecting?
3: Yeah, I think we beat them. I like playing against teams who, who attack us. I just think we'll score more than them, because that's what's going to come down as Dave says, there's going to be goals. Our defence and goalkeeper are shite, so is theirs. Um, I just think our front line's better than theirs, so... Um, I'd like to see Chan come in especially with Yaya playing just that physicalness but I don't think the team will change let's just go and beat them and knock them out of the title race
0: Indeed well listen lads thank you for taking the time I, I, I doubt very much we'll have a chance to do uh, a, a post-match on New Year's Eve or the day after or the day after that or maybe even the day after that so <laughs> maybe a preview is about the best. we're going actually muster Ali yourself anything you want to plug and we're going find you on Twitter? Thanks again for having me. Um, just check me out on Twitter uh, at Thompson84,
3: um, and I was on Bodies in the Box with Dave, as we alluded to, the four-hour podcast, um, part two, two parts even of Best of and Worst of 2016. Go and check them out on World Football Index.
0: Indeed, and Mr. Dunning yourself, where where can we find you? And I'm sure there's a, there's a classical artist you want to plug.
2: I'm on Twitter. Um I'm not gonna plug classical artist this week, Dave. I'm oh, going to God plug <laughs> I know I'm going to I'm going to plug for, for everyone's delight, Jordan Henderson.
0: And his move
2: to <laughs> It was a full stop. It was a full stop after Henderson, as with all my sentences are correctly punctuated.
0: Sorry, I see punctuation. I just don't do it. I didn't see that full stop. I was waiting for the, I was waiting for the meat for those bones. Sorry. Mm. Uh, and yourself, Baker, working with Find You. What are you doing? Uh,
1: you can find me at Baker underscore Dylan. That's spelled D-Y-L-A-N because I'm not a heathen. Uh, you can find me in a few different places uh, and perhaps even more often if a lot of the different pieces that I have fall into place as they're supposed to on World Football Index. Uh, you can find them at World Football Eye on Twitter. Um, and, yeah, uh, trying to focus a little bit on the American stuff, but I can't I can't let go of my Liverpool, so I, that's about how that goes.
0: That's yeah, cool. And for me, um, well, Dylan and I are going to be doing the outtakes pod of this podcast and all the podcasts on yes. WFI. It'll be, it'll be released on WFI, so if, if you take a look across there, if you haven't been across there, why not? That's a, that's a valid question as well. Uh, other than that, just listen. Thank you, guys, over the Christmas period for taking the time to do this podcast. As I say, I'm sure we'll not get. A, I'm sure we'll not get a post match done uh, for for City because everybody's will be celebrating land in the heat for a couple of days. So uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do in regards to that. But just to say, thank you all uh, for listening. As always, we've, we've been a bit remiss. We've missed a couple of matches here in recent times, but we're 2017. We should be back covering all the games. And just for me thank you again for listening thanks thanks everybody on the panel for being here and it's goodbye